Welcome to Sci Section. I'm Romina, your journalist for this week's episode. We are here today with Dr. Santa Uno, who's a molecular immunologist and UBC's current president and vice chancellor. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Uno. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be with you. To start, we do have two rapid fire questions so that our listeners can learn about your interests. So firstly, who is one of your role models in the scientific community? Well, actually, it's Anthony Fauci, who you probably know, who is on television regularly. He is one of the world's authorities in terms of infectious disease. He's the director of the uh, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, or NIAD, as it's referred to at the NIH in, in the U.S. And he has been an icon for decades. And he's someone I've looked up to since I was a student, a graduate student uh, at McGill University. And as you can see, not only is he a, a cutting edge scientist, but um, his work is critically important for everyone around the world. And so, uh, but he's a person of tremendous humility, as you can see. He's someone who will admit when he doesn't have answers to questions. And he's someone who works tire tirelessly for the well-being of people around the world. And especially with everything going on, I feel like he is a role model for a lot of people right now. Yeah, and he has the courage to speak truth when people don't want to hear the truth. And that's one of the uh, key virtues of a scientist, to seek truth and to ensure that uh, the, the accurate information is uh, disseminated to people everywhere. So he really is uh, a role model, not just for myself, but for anyone who's interested in a career in science. Definitely. And secondly, what do you think has been one of the most important scientific discoveries? Well, there are endless numbers of uh, important scientific discoveries, but I'll talk about one that I was able to witness um, with a front row seat. And I'd like to give a shout out to one of my mentors. His name is Professor Jack Strominger. And he's one of these individuals that have made not one, not two, but three or more seminal discoveries. But I'll talk to you about uh, the one key discovery that he made that won him a Lasker Award, uh, which is called considered the uh, American Nobel Prize in Medicine because of how difficult it is to receive that, that recognition. What he discovered was uh, uh, something which was considered a black box of the immune system. And so people for the longest time didn't know what the molecular basis was of self, non-self discrimination. And so um, when he started trying to identify these molecules, nobody knew how that worked. And so what Jack Strominger did was he was able to isolate these molecules in a pure biochemical form. And these molecules are called histocompatibility antigens. And so when he actually purified the molecule and looked at it through x-ray diffraction, looked at a picture of what, what it looks like, it revealed the mechanism of action of this molecule. And then when it became even clearer in a higher resolution uh, X-ray diffraction picture, what they were able to discover was that there was a peptide binding to that uh, groove of this molecule he had purified. And basically what's in there is a piece of foreign antigen, foreign molecule. And that's how the immune system, scanning the surface of cells, is able to see that small molecule that it's never seen before. 
And so Jack Strominger's lab was able to essentially determine the molecular basis of immune recognition. And now, before we discuss your research and your career, could you give us a summary of your educational path and your interest as a student? Sure. I'll tell you that um, I was born to a, a professor of mathematics who taught at uh, University of British Columbia. This is where he got his start as a mathematician. And then he moved uh, to the University of Pennsylvania and at Johns Hopkins. So in high school, I was in Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, so I was uh, born in, into an academic family, but I was no good at mathematics. So the first thing I'm gonna say is that everybody has different strengths and you need to find what you're passionate about and what you're good at. And it might be very different from your, your father or your mother or your brother or your sister, it doesn't matter. We're all different and we all have our unique uh, talents and gifts. So that was the case with me. I fell in love with biology because when I was in high school, molecular biology was all the rage. It was uh, what was talked about, what was written about in Time Magazine and Life Magazine. And so um, I wanted to be part of this revolution. And so I became a molecular biologist. I went to the University of Chicago where one of the two Nobel Prize winners that determined the structure of DNA, Jim Watson, uh, he went to university at the University of Chicago. So I wanted to go to the same university he went to. So I went there and then I wanted to come back to Canada where I was born and I got my uh, graduate education, my PhD from McGill University in Montreal. Then after that, um, you do something called a postdoctoral fellowship. I did that at Harvard with Jack Strominger, as I just said. And I worked on histocompatibility complex genes. Um, and then um, I uh, went uh, to my first job as an assistant professor at Johns Hopkins. I went back home to be on the faculty at Johns Hopkins and I was recruited then to Harvard University. And then um, I eventually uh, became interested in helping to run universities. And so I became something called a vice provost, a senior vice provost that's responsible for the academics of an institution at Emory University. Then I became a provost and president at the University of Cincinnati. And finally, uh, about four and a half years ago, ended back at UBC where I was born and where my dad taught as president. And obviously you've had such a fascinating and successful journey. But what would you say were some of the challenges you faced along the way? Been enormous numbers of challenges. I'll talk about personal challenges and professional challenges. Now, some people may know that uh, I've had uh, some mental health challenges when I was a kid, um, when I was 14, and also when I was a young adult. And uh, so I, I say that uh, with no shame. I say that uh, because it's a very common thing for people to have some uh, mental health struggles sometime during their life. In fact, as, as much as one out of four individuals in the university will have challenges at one time or another. Uh, I was fortunate to, to, to get the help uh, from uh, individual psychologists uh, that were able to help me out. And uh, I've been perfectly fine for several decades. But uh, during my adolescence and my young adulthood, um, those were some of the challenges, personal challenges that I had. And so I say that because I don't want people to feel that it's anything that they should be ashamed of. There's no stigma. It's a very common thing. And the most important thing is to seek help and the support of your family, of uh, your, your professors and, and, and all that. So there have been challenges. Those were personal challenges. Professional challenges are, 
were also also happened. Um, science is difficult. Science scientific experiments don't always work, and so um, that's tough um, because so much of one's self esteem is wrapped up on whether or not your experiments are working or not. And there have been periods of time where they didn't work for a long time, and uh, and so um, I my message to everyone who is in science is not to take it personally, that science uh, can be difficult, but to, uh, to have faith in yourself and uh, to ensure that you're looking after your wellness as you're working through those difficult periods. 100%. And I feel like as students, we do tend to get busy with life. And obviously, there are a lot of challenges in life that you can encounter. So really, just finding that balance and taking care of yourself is very important. And it's an, it's a, an important message to send out to our listeners as well. So thank you for doing that. And also, I know you've been very involved with science and research. But I was wondering why you think it's important for the general public to engage with science. Well, as you know, from COVID, and from AIDS and SARS and Ebola, um, science is critically important uh, because um, our health depends upon it. And that's just uh, one aspect of science. Um, these diseases can impact all of us. They can actually paralyze society and economies, as you can see. Uh, and, and all kinds of science is required to be able to cure those diseases. Um, there is not only a requirement for biochemistry and immunology, but you need to have knowledge about chemistry, about delivery methods. You need to have an understanding about how to scale things up so that you can treat billions of people around the world. So all aspects of science go into conquering something like COVID-19. That's one example. But there's all kinds of science that have, has nothing to do with health but has to do with tackling the other problems that we face, such as climate change. So whether you are an environmental scientist or whether you are an atmospheric scientist or whether you are a chemist or a physicist or a mathematician, all those disciplines are gonna be required for us to solve these very grand, these grand challenges that we can't yet solve. Exactly. And as you said, there are so many different applications of science in daily life. So really, it's only a benefit to the public to engage with science and learn about it. It's also fun. Any problem is a puzzle. You know, what's amazing is what, what you're thinking about the human body or what you're thinking about climate change. These are um, questions that um, are not easy to solve. And when you live a life of science, you get up every day and you tinker around, but one day when you least expect it, you can look inside at something that nobody has ever seen before. And there's no more special feeling than that. It's like the astronaut, uh, Neil Armstrong, going into outer space in Apollo 11 and looking back at the blue dot, planet Earth. Absolutely beautiful. To be, to be able to be someone like that, to see something, whether it's large, like planet Earth, or whether it's something small, like how a transcription factor regulates genes that are critical for the immune system working, being the first to be able to see something and understand how something works is pretty cool. And there are very few experiences that I've had that are as cool as the privilege of discovering something for the first time. 
hundred percent. It's a very unique experience and hopefully more people decide to get involved with it as well. And just because we are a bit short on time, I do have one final question for you. Sure. If you had to give sure. one advice to undergraduate students, what would it be? My advice would be not to get too focused too soon. You know, a lot of uh, students, and I've interacted with thousands of students, a lot of them come into university knowing what they want to do or what they want to study or who they want to be. And I can tell you the one thing that I know for sure, having interacted with thousands of students over the past decades, is that almost always people change what it is that uh, they want to study or what they want to be from day one when they step into a university and when they leave. Um, that's part of what university is all about. And sometimes it happens in the first semester. Sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it takes two years. Sometimes people change what they do after they graduate from university. And it's okay because it's like growing up. You discover yourself. And so I, I would say that uh, the biggest um, tragedy, if you will, that I see is when people get into this uh, mindset that they have to be something that they think they, they think that they want to be, or their parents think that their parents want them to be something. And ultimately you're not happy unless you have discovered what you really want to do. And so my advice would be keep an open mind and, and to explore and uh, to allow yourself to discover what it is that you're truly passionate about. A great message. And that does bring us to the end of the interview. Dr. Uno, thank you once again for joining us today and for highlighting the importance and beauty of science. And for everyone listening, make sure to check out SciSection's podcasts available on global platforms for our latest interviews.